Hi everyone and welcome back to the Alumni Voices podcast. My name is Rob Blanford. I'm here today with Mikey Kalis. Mikey was born here in Perth, but moved to San Francisco in 2018 for a role in the venture capital industry at Counterpart Ventures. As the first hire of the fund, his role covers a number of different functions, including managing the existing portfolio, sourcing new deals, managing corporate investor relations, marketing and general operations. Prior to moving to San Francisco, Mikey worked for a startup here in Perth that serviced the mining industry on innovation and digital transformation. He has worked alongside startup companies since he graduated from UWA, having helped coordinate one of Australia's largest startup competitions called the OZAP Awards, which is now an annual conference called the West Tech Fest. His educational background is in journalism, business management and marketing. Mikey grew up working in his family seafood business and is a die-hard Manchester United fan. Mikey, good to meet you and welcome to the UWA Alumni Voices podcast. Hey Rob, great to be back here at UWA. Thanks for having me. Good to have you back. Mikey, you've mentioned to me that your family played a role in your upbringing and work ethic. So can you elaborate a little on how specifically it helped build the character you are today? Yeah, sure. Growing up, I worked closely alongside cousins and uncles and aunties and things like that amongst my family and it was a really important part of my upbringing being amongst that um, you know my family has a, has a seafood business here in Perth a familiar f- uh, last name and um, you know got, dating back all the way to my great-grandfather there's a sort of entrepreneurial spirit amongst the family business and um, you know, I think the work ethic that I was was brought up amongst was uh, you know work 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 and that was really part of your your upbringing and um, and I it very much instilled a you know, a, a work-centric sort of focus for myself growing up. And I, it's a really nice thing to work with your family when you're young and, and, and learn from, you know, relatives and, and uh, your elders, I suppose, and have them mentor you uh, as you're growing up. So I think it instilled a really good sense of a work, th- a work ethic in me when I was younger, uh, particularly with my father and even my grandfather when I grew up working with him. So, as you said, your last name is synonymous with the seafood and restaurant industry here in Perth. Mm. But you're now working in tech. So, two comp- completely different industries. <laughs> Did you find your place in tech because of a need to go out and craft your own identity and success, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, as I said, like that entrepreneurial mindset that my family's business or my family sort of instilled, whether that's in seafood and the restaurant industry or a totally different industry, I think I'm sort of just a driven, driven person, in, um, you know, inside of me. And um, finding my path into tech and innovation where I work now, um, you know, that was a case of sort of one thing leading to another and really falling into that into that industry. But look, who knows, I maybe I, I will find my way back into the seafood and restaurant industry with my family's business as it's sort of still in today and still in us. But um, yeah, I think it was a, a drive to go out and craft my own identity, be my own individual. And then, you know, I, I always sort of think to myself, if I look back, you know, 20 years from now, if I look, I look back to where I am today and think, you know, how did I get here? I want that to be my own path. I want to have created that myself and not, you know, have it being predetermined by my family's background or, you know, the sort of the easy way out. I suppose you could think about it in that respect. Um, could have joined the family business, but chose to go out on my own and do my own thing. And, and I wanted to be proud of myself in that respect. So, you know, the need to go and craft my own identity, uh, you know, that's really important to me so that I can, as I said, look back on where I am to, to 10, 15 years from now, I look back on that and say, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I, I made this, made it on my own and, and did it myself and, and uh, you know, be proud of that, I suppose. Yep, yep. Mm. Uh, so going back to your undergraduate degree in journalism, mm. 
you briefly worked as a journalist. So did you think that that was your vocation for life at that stage? When I graduated high school here, I attended Hale School um, and went to university afterwards. I went. I, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I always found myself being quite creative, loved to read, write and, um, and, and be creative as opposed to the other side of your brain. I'd, mm. I'd always wanted to, you know, I, I like to write, I like to um, be creative. I like to get out and talk and... Um, and express my sort of verbal communicate, you know, verbally communicate as opposed to like sitting behind a desk. I, I never really thought I'd be that kind of person. Mm. I was sporty and athletic and I liked to get out and do things. Um, so I felt like journalism was a good career for me and I actually worked in sports journal- journalism for a little while. Um, but, you know, at the time, I think I was still quite young and hadn't really been exposed to a great deal. You graduate high school, you do your undergraduate degree. Really, nowadays, you need to spend five, six years at a, at a college university and, um, you know, gain a good education before you can go out and work nowadays. I think that's just sort of like a prerequisite for anything these mm. days. Like three, my undergrad was a three-and-a-half-year degree and just didn't cut it. So um, I enjoyed working in journalism, didn't think it would be my vocation, but at the time, um, it was a very re- a rewarding, thrilling sort of industry to be a part of, you know, um, the front of sports or news journalism. I worked in Bunbury for a little while at GWN, and then I worked for Channel 7 News here in Perth for a little while, and very much enjoyed that, taught me a ton, but... You know, I always thought I needed to go back to university and further my education. And then, you know, I always found that I would end up in business in one degree or another. So at the time, I I enjoyed it, but thought, you know, I I probably will end up somewhere else outside of of journalism. Yep. So uh, after that happened, uh, in 2011, you started the Master of Commerce Advanced in Business Administration and Management. Uh, with marketing at UWA. So tell me tell me about that. Why did you choose that degree? Uh, what had you learned about yourself that told you that was the right degree for you? Yeah, exactly that. As I just mentioned, with my journalism degree and, and working in the industry for a little bit, I, I realized that I hadn't studied enough. I wanted to continue my education as well and found that I would one day end up in sort of business in some capacity. And that led me to UWA where I studied the Master of Commerce. And I think I sort of just found my feet in that in, in that degree and realized that uh, you know with the networks that I built and with the education that I had gained I could find my find my way into the next industry that I wanted to be in uh, so it was a really rewarding course to be part of in many different respects and you know the networks that UWA opens up were very rewarding for me and obviously led to where I am today so mm. look back on my degree with a great deal of fondness um, for what I'd learned yeah so what what was your best memory from that time of studying here? And do you still call on the networks that you made at UWA? Definitely still call on the networks. There's some folks since I've been back here in Perth from San Francisco that I've caught up with recently who were old uh, university pals that I, I've caught up with. So definitely still call on the networks um, I'd built. In terms of best memory, there was quite a few. Look, um, I loved being at the business school and, and taking the courses and learning as much as I did. And, and with my degree, actually, it was quite broad. So it was business management, marketing, um, and, I, and, and there was so much within that. But I think it just gave me a sense as to where I could go next and the opportunities that would sort of um, come out of that. And obviously, I, you know, I got my first job working out of that. And I remember my employer at the time, uh, the agency that I worked for afterwards, saying to me that I stood out because of that degree that I had gained. I stood out from 150, 200 different applicants, I suppose. I think that's what they were mentioning at the time. I stood out because of the degree that I'd got and the education I'd received as a result of that. So definitely helped me get my first foot into into business in, in industry and uh, and you know the rest is sort of history I suppose from there but you know the value of having the the master's degree on my resume was 
highly, highly, um, you know, beneficial for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really good to hear, and that's exactly what. No, that's good. That's good news. <laughs> um, after your postgrad degree, you got into marketing, mm. tech, and innovation, which culminated in the OZAP Awards. Tell me what that was about. Yeah. So after my postgrad, I I got a job here in uh, I was actually in Shenton Park. I was working for an agency called Thirty Two Degrees South, and um, one of the projects that we had was to organize this tech competition called the OzApp Awards, which we're going back six or seven years ago. Oh, I probably got that wrong, but going back a while ago now. Um, and at the time, Australia's sort of entrepreneurial startup company type uh, industry or sector was burgeoning and there weren't too many sort of success stories to tell as a result of that. Um, one which, looking back, which you know we sit here today on is a huge success story is a company called Canva, which was founded by uh, UWA graduate as well, Melanie Perkins and her partner Cliff Obrecht. But um, they were sort of born out of uh, this OzApp Awards type competition as well, which was uh, a competition to find the next big idea, tech mobile idea application coming out of the Asia Pacific. It started in Australia and then expanded to Asia Pacific region um, and support them with cash prize and a network to help build a business really. For an entrepreneur, it was a good network to be a part of and helped you find access to capital, uh, VC money over in San Francisco and um, expanded Australia's footprint, I suppose, as a, a region at which tech companies could come out of. Um, so I and, and the OzApp Awards, the people that were involved in that were, you know, influential five, six years ago, as I said, in, in starting Australia's startup si- uh, ecosystem. Yeah. And uh, it sort of helped me or it, it created a pathway for me in my own career and the networks that I built as a result of that into San Francisco and Silicon Valley, as I said. Uh, so that was really, for me, it was an important part, an important chapter in my career in creating where I am today. A turning point. Definitely, definitely. An eye-opener as well, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, So uh, looking at your resume, it looks like that pushed you into the next role with Unearthed Mm -hmm. too. Um, And also there's, I see Berlin on your resume. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that and how each thing led to the next. So after I finished up organizing the OzApp Awards competition, I I found myself, I was at Space Cube, the co-working space here in the city. And I sort of got tapped on the shoulder by a couple of folks that... Uh, worked in the mining industry and wanted to organize what was called a hackathon event, which at the time we were, they were organizing these weekend-long sort of competitions where mining industry resources sector would come together with startups, with smart people, technically inclined people, engineers, software developers, data scientists for a weekend and, and hack away at some problems that the industry was facing. When I say hack away, they'd be given large data sets and say, go on, you know, find out what's going wrong with this particular operation for us on a site and, um, you know, see if there's a way in which you can improve that by, you know, looking at some of the data, cleansing some of the data and having a look and see what's going wrong. So that was like a weekend-long uh, event that I, um, I, so I joined this company called Unearth, which we ended up doing, and then it took off as a, as a concept, this hackathon industry concept, a hackathon concept for the mining industry, which we then took around the world. And, uh, you know, so you see Berlin on my, under my resume, I, I was over in, in Berlin at one point and met a startup company, um, a gentleman who was coming up with an idea of which you can use blockchain to trace from source to end product, uh, the transparency of a supply chain from mining companies into an end product. So they were, they were um, using plotting out the supply chain of a mining company on a blockchain, and I thought it was a very novel idea um, in which it could sort of uh, keep mining companies accountable for how they mine and how they operate. So... Um, now, having worked with sustainability teams in, in the mining industry, I thought that this was a particularly interesting uh, both problem and way of solving that. So I met the founder of this company in Berlin and said, I'd love to keep in touch and see how you're going. He ended up becoming somewhat of an advisor to him. 
um, and that's the company that was called Mind Spider, which I still keep in touch with today. But um, you know, that chapter for me, working in the mining industry, about three and a half years that I did that, I, I got to travel around the world as a result of that, all around Australia and then to North America, Canada, and the US, uh, Africa, um, and elsewhere. And, and it was a real eye-opener for me um, into the mining industry and what are some of the problems that it's facing. And obviously, it's a big industry here in Western Australia, and which I still um, you know, sh- uh, are, um, I'm interested in. But, um, you know, it's, it also led me to my next chapter. I was traveling around North America and ended up going to San Francisco and, and how I got into that, I suppose. It's all a culmination of my career that I'd had. But, um, yeah, you know, Unearthed was a really good chapter in my life. Yeah. So let's talk about that next chapter now. Uh, so you basically landed a role with a venture capital fund in the epicenter of technology, Silicon Valley. How did that happen? So going back to the OZAP Awards, the group, um, the VC fund actually that sponsored the OZAP Awards. So the competition ended with a, a um, an event here in Perth where the top five applicants into this competition would go and present on stage here in Perth and w- the winner would receive a $100,000, what was called a convertible note, um, which is essentially cash for the company, but provided that they continue raising money in the future. Um, so for any small startup company, particularly out of out of Australia, it's a decent chunk of money to start your business off with, um, and that was sponsored by a group called Qualcomm Ventures. And at the time, it was headed by uh, Nagraj Kashyap, who's actually he went on to become the head of Microsoft Ventures, the venture capital arm of Microsoft. And actually, just last week or a couple of weeks ago, he joined SoftBank's Vision Fund, which is one of the largest VC funds in the world. Uh, so it's headed by a guy called Nagraj Kashyap and his partner Patrick Egan. Um, and Patrick and I developed a good relationship, good rapport, and, and I would catch up with him regularly when I would come to San Francisco. And uh, when I found myself there at the beginning of 2018, I, um, sorry, 2019, pardon me, um, I caught up with him and he informed me that he would be starting his own VC fund, Counterpart Ventures, which is where I work today, and looked to bring someone on to help um, start the fund in many different respects. And I had been interested in a role in VC, and, and um, for anyone that's working in VC or trying to get into VC, they'll understand how hard it is, how complicated it is to get a job in VC. And for me, I sort of stumbled into it really, really fortunately as a result of the network that I'd built in, in, in Patrick himself and, and others. And, uh, you know, I was over there in the beginning of 2019 talking to folks in the industry, um, in the VC industry, that is, and caught up with Patrick. And that's the conversation we had was that he'd be departing Qualcomm and starting his own fund, Counterpart Ventures, and wanted me to join. So, you know, I um, got my entry point through there and and came back home to Perth after that meeting and thought there's no chance I'm going to get this job at the time there were still things to be figured out um but lo and behold you know they we ended up they ended up having a having a close in the first fund and employed me so I got my visa and sorted that all out and and moved over to San Francisco and thought you know this would be a great opportunity for me actually when I came back to Perth I thought this is never going to happen long shot you know join a fund in San Francisco yeah get real I didn't have any experience in VC only working with startups as opposed to investing in startup companies so I knew I was inexperienced and there were plenty of other people in San Francisco that could have done a far better job than me but for one reason or another I ended up getting it I, I remember when I came back I even bought a dog here in Perth and I was ready to settle down buy a house but um that didn't happen. I ended up just, uh, you know, saying I'm never going to have a shot like this in my life again. So I may as well take it, and, and I moved over to San Francisco. Mm. Can, can you remember the moment where you got the call or the email saying you got the job? How you felt? I was actually away with some friends on a trip in Europe at the time. I was in Prague with some buddies. We were on holiday, and I, yeah, I got a sort of confirmation, I suppose. Um, 
it was a series of little different emails and and um like a back and forth yeah back and forth but i remember being in in prague and i was like oh i need to fill out this um visa thing or some some work form to get sponsored in the u.s um as part of like a condition for the role with the tax department in the u.s and um yeah i remember being like with buddies and they're all out drinking or something and I was just in my apartment the apartment that we'd rented filling out like mindless forms for yeah, the yeah, tax yeah. department or something yeah. like that to file a job application but you must have been elated though yeah yeah, it was, yeah. I was thrilled I was a bit stunned but oh yeah I was, I was really happy to, to be given the opportunity to come and come join this fund and, and move to San Francisco yeah absolutely mm. uh, so tell us about your everyday activities in the role mm. um, especially now you're back in Perth how have you managed the time zone difference uh, because obviously San Francisco is 60 hours behind Perth yeah it's a bit challenging so I came back to Perth given COVID and I've been here a while now uh, fortunately my fund has allowed me to work from here if, it, if I was back in San Francisco I'd probably be working from home anyway offices and everything are shut over there still because they've struggled with the pandemic here but I've just been able to work from here in Perth so it's kind of early mornings or late nights um, trying to sort of keep in touch with both my partners and, and you know companies that we invest in and and other sort of VC uh, you know investors in San Francisco but uh, look, everyday activities, working with the team and trying to find new opportunities, new companies to invest in on a regular basis. Um, the way that sort of San Francisco works, there's a there's a large, it's, it's a big community and, and you know, you have to be there to appreciate just how, um, not incestuous, but just how connected it sort of is and it's very tight knit. And, you know, I was going to events every couple of nights during the week and meeting with founders and meeting with other VCs and building a network. You very... You know, you work for fun, but you're also kind of autonomous or independent and doing your own thing. So you build your own brand around, you know, Mikey Cables. What is my brand? Not necessarily just as counterpart ventures a fund I work for, but it's about yourself. So, um, you know, I'd been there for a couple of years before I'd came back to Perth. Um, just now for this period, I will go back towards the end of this year or halfway through this year. Um, but you know, it's it's I miss that touching and you know meeting people type. Um, the aspect of, of VC because we're all working from home right now. So yeah. And that's the bit that you said you were good at earlier in the interview, the face-to-face, the communication. So mm. I, I can understand why that would, yeah, you'd be missing that for sure. Yeah, it's such a big part of the industry. I feel like I'm, I'm good at that. Um, I feel like I, you know, I'm a good sort of uh, speaker and can carry myself quite well no matter mm-hmm. what who I'm talking to or what the subject is. So um, I definitely miss that component, the networking component of the job. But um, look, aside from that, you know, working with our portfolio companies, you know, we just closed another investment, Touchwood, hopefully in the, you know, 24 hours ago, which is great news. Um, and then I also get the opportunity to work with a lot of large corporates in, in the US. So uh, it's a big part of our fund at Counterpart Ventures is working with what's called CVC funds, corporate venture capital funds. So these are the the VC arms of large corporations in the US. I mentioned you know Microsoft before, where um, and Qualcomm Ventures is a couple of them, but we work al- alongside a lot of corporate funds in the U.S. in a number of different industries. You know, businesses like Comcast, uh, Intel, as a Qualcomm, Google Ventures. These are the CBC arms of large corporate America, um, and that's and a part of what we do at Counterpart Ventures is working alongside of them for lots of different reasons. But I get to talk to those funds on a regular basis, and that's, and that's very insightful mm-hmm. and interesting as well. Is I get to learn what's going on in corporate America, where they're interested, where they're investing, and What's the future of the industries that they're working in? Whether, as it's said, Comcast, it's in media, or if it's in you know, food industries like Cargill, big company in the U.S., um, or, or or other industries, the automotive industry, with funds like 
uh, Toyota or BMW or Porsche, these big brand companies, where are they investing and what's the future of, of mobility or transport? What does that look like? So I have good connections to a lot of corporates and um, and understand where they're looking to invest as well. So you're getting some fascinating insights then, essentially. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so, Mikey, tell us what motivates you to get out of bed each day and what makes you tick. Um, also, uh, where do you want to be 10 to 15 years from now? The, the motivates me to get out of bed at the moment is a 3 or 4 a.m. wake-up call because <laughs> I've got a meeting in half an hour right. <laughs> yeah. because of that time zone difference. Um, uh, and, you know, I try to fill my morning because it's 16 hours. We're 16 hours ahead here in Perth um, and catch most of the afternoon, midday onwards in San Francisco. And then I'll go about my day here in Perth and finish off work and whatnot. But, um, look, it, the industry is quite quite thrilling quite exhilarating incredibly fast paced and um you have to yeah you have to have your finger on the pulse and if i find that you know even if i sort of take a couple of days over the weekend to decompress i you know i feel like i i get out of this um fast paced mentality and feel like i have to pick it up again on the monday and it takes a couple of days to get back into the mentality so you know working in san francisco it was a seven day a week type job and um you know, you have to be, your finger sort of has to be on the pulse 24-7 because you may miss opportunities. And I, I know I always feel so downbeat if there's an opportunity to invest in a particularly interesting company, which I might be really excited about, but we miss out on that opportunity for one reason or another. I can just recall that feeling of, you know, sitting at home or whatever it may be or being in the office with my partner and just being downbeat about, oh, bummer, we missed this opportunity to invest in this really, really interesting company. And, you know, we'd met the founder or, uh, you know, we, the company was on our radar, but for one reason or another, it didn't work out. That's a um, particularly upsetting part of the industry, and it happens on a regular basis. Even the top funds uh, in San Francisco do, um, you know, miss out on deals. But um, I think, you know, that then motivates me to be um, more sort of um, more into it, more motivated for the next time uh, to make sure that this doesn't happen again on a, on a regular basis. And uh, as I said, I'm quite a driven person, in, you know, um, just instinctively, so... Um, I want the best for our group, for myself, for our fund and want us to, you know, you say, where do you want to be 10, 15 years from now? I'd love to, you know, have Counterpart Ventures, the fund, which was just formed two, three years ago and now, you know, was recognized as one of the top VC funds in the Silicon Valley Bay Area uh, ecosystem. And we're nowhere near that today. And it's purely just because we, we are a brand new fund. But, um, you know, it all takes time and, you know, we all start somewhere. So I hope that 10, 15 years from now, both me, myself, I have a, a brand and I'm, I'm recognized uh, in the VC ecosystem and counterpart ventures as well. So that would probably be my, my desire. Your dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mikey, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. It's been really good to meet you and to have you back on campus. Mm. Um, I guess the COVID um, drama is maybe a gift for us because I understand you'll be able to join our business school career cafe, um, in a, which is in about six weeks time. So I'll look forward to introducing you to current students there. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. Uh, once again, thank you for joining us and I, I wish you all the best and uh, I hope you can get back to San Francisco as soon as possible. Hope so too, Rob. Thanks for having me. Great to talk. Cheers. Cheers.